Hopefully it doesn't rain. Hopefully it doesn't rain. This is a nice view though. Yeah, it is. This is a good spot. Yeah, it was great. Great views. Hi there. I'm Michael Marvash, and this is the Dead Man's Forest, a weekly conversation about the lessons that each of us has learned that we can share with one another. And that is how my conversation with this week's guest began. We reference our location a couple times, and so I said this. Yeah, to contextualize this for you guys, we are sitting on a hill surrounded by sagebrush, and off in the distance we can see the mountains and the trees, and there's still some snow up there. And now with all of that said, let's dive right into this week's conversation. Well... I am here this week with Jared Jacobs, known as Gold Yeller on the internet, and I will hand over the microphone for him to say hello and a few words of introduction about himself. Thanks for being here, Jared. You are welcome. You just want me to talk about me? Yeah. Sure. I love talking about myself. My name is Gold Yeller. I... I'm a Canadian living in the United States of America. I have dual citizenship. I'm legally here. Not that that matters. Cause it, yeah, le- legally it matters, I guess. It matters to some people. Yeah. Um, my, parent, my mom's from the States, and so my dad is Canadian, and that's how I have dual citizenship. Anyways, I don't know how we got off on that tangent. I'm already off you're on a tangent, dude. This is going to be weird. Say whatever you want to say. This is going to be weird. Um, I make Lego stop motion videos. That's what I'm most known for. I'll tell you about the origin of my name if you want to hear about that. Gold Yeller came from, I used to make rap videos every week. We called it Freestyle Friday because that's what white Canadian kids do when they're 35 during it. No, I think I was 32 when I started making the rap videos and we put them up on YouTube, put them on YouTube because I wanted them. I wanted to be able to get them on Facebook. This was back before they had Facebook video. And so that's how I got introduced to YouTube. And then I started going to VidCon every year and then Instagram came along and Instagram was kind of what blew up my videos of the stop motion I kind of just did that on the side Mm -hmm. I produced one rap video called farm boy flow it was kind of a gangster rap about farming and it didn't do very well and so I thought maybe I shouldn't try and pursue a rap career so so I didn't and then I went back Uh, not like I quit my job I was just kind of doing it on the side but then I was working as a marketing guy at a lumber supply company in Boise. And then one day I started making, or no, I'm talking about Gold Yeller. Gold Yeller came from the rap part. I had to have consistent branding if I was going to be a rapper. And so I made my name Gold Yeller because gold is synonymous with rap. And I'm kind of old. I mean, I was old starting out in the rap game as a 32-year-old, so gold and old kind of went together, and then Old Yeller was a movie that I liked as a kid, except for I didn't like the part at the end where the dog died. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Old Yeller. But yeah, that's how, that's who I am, and that's how I got my internet name, which 
should I call it an internet name? You can call it whatever you want. It's yours. So you are here live in the killer streets of Boise, Idaho, talking to Jared Jacobs, a.k.a. Gold Yeller, a.k.a. Maple Syrup. Because yeah. Canada. Because Canada. Right. Great. Well, thanks, Jared. So the story of the Dead Man's Forest, which I always tell briefly just to contextualize the conversation, came to me when I was on a vision quest in Death Valley. And very briefly, it's just a simple image of a, a dead man sitting in the middle of a broad, dead landscape. And, and if you look closely at the dead man sitting there, in place of his head and his heart grows this tiny, immaculate, beautiful, living forest. And, and it's very juxtaposed with the, the barrenness of the landscape and the fact that the man is dead. And I realized that what this vision meant to me, at least, is that inside of the man were these kernels of knowledge and wisdom represented by the beautiful forest growing out of his head and his heart. But he never shared it for whatever reason, laziness or fear or selfishness. He never shared it. And so those, the seeds of, those, of that forest never had a chance to grow in the landscape. And I realized that all of us are like that man. We all know things. We all have experiences that no one else has had, and we've learned lessons from them that no one else could learn. And I think it is a gift that we can give each other to share those things, to give a chance for those, those seeds to grow. Recently, in another one of my interviews, I also realized that we are the landscape, that while we have had lots of experiences and have learned things, there is so much more that we can know. And so we're both sides of this story. We can share and learn from one another, and we have things to learn from one another to take into ourselves. So my question for you is, what are some of the lessons that you've learned in your life that are really important to you that you think other people might be able to learn from. And they can have something to do with your Lego videos or, or not, whatever you want to talk about. I'm interested in hearing. Well, I think you hit it on the head. Um, some people don't share things because of fear or laziness. or I, I mean, I've created stuff that I never shared. You know, I, back when I was doing when I was writing raps every day, you know, there's a ton of them that I never shared. And I don't know why, like it it might've been out of fear of ridicule or, you know, I don't, I guess I didn't really care that much about what other people thought, but we all kind of do. But the lesson that I learned through that is sharing is, it does, it provides value to other people. Like, there's givers and there's takers and givers are people who share and takers are usually people that you don't necessarily want to be associated with. So it's, it's kind of that the whole landscape thing. There's, there's both, you know, there's, there's sagebrush and there's, uh, and there's tall trees and usually you want to associate with the tall trees, but if you, if you want to grow, but I mean, we all kind of grow in different ways. Like you can see from all this, sagebrush that surrounds us but then there's mountains but yeah i think sharing and and providing value to other people is a huge lesson that i've learned and i I think you don't necessarily know what that value is going to be that you provide 
kind of like with like why you're doing the podcast like what value are you providing for people but sharing people's stories is providing value and and you can also inspire other people through sharing your own story so yeah i think it's cool what you're doing this is a this is a cool setup i've never been a part of a podcast like this (laughs) well thanks can you share a an example a story where either something was difficult for you to share or you did share something and had an experience where you learned what someone else got from it and what that meant to you? The example that comes to mind is the first time I ever met Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary Vaynerchuk, for those of you who don't know, is a very successful entrepreneur who also spends a lot of his time writing books and giving talks to help other people learn how to start businesses or projects that they will love and that will make the world a better place. First time I ever met Gary Vaynerchuk, he was, I kind of, you know, I was kind of fangirling because he was a guy that I had really looked up to and kind of a, I don't know if you'd call him a mentor. I don't know if I have a lot of mentors, but somebody that I got a lot of value from from watching the stuff that he shared. And so I kind of weaseled my way into a private event that he was doing in Boise because I was like, he's probably not going to be in Boise very much. So I was like, I have to get in there somehow. And the stars aligned and somehow I was in there where I didn't necessarily belong. And so he always does a question and answer thing. So I kind of opened up and shared that I was just kind of grateful for everything that he had provided to me. And then I, I knew that he was super competitive. And so this, I was like, this is my shot to somehow form some kind of relationship and stand out a little bit. And so I, I just thanked him for everything that he done and for basically giving me the permission to pursue what I wanted to do and he was a big part of whatever success I had attained at that point and then I told him that if he ever wanted to play bubble hockey that I would destroy him and so I got a laugh from the crowd and then I kept like I was kind of in competitive mode like I went from like super gratitude mode to like I'll kill you competitive (laughs) mode and and so like I kind of blacked out when he was like, you know what I'm going to do based on what you said, I'm going to fly you out to New York and we'll play bubble hockey and you can spend a day at VaynerMedia. And I was just like, are you kidding me? And I don't really remember what he said after that. Like I had to go back and watch the footage because I literally like went back to my seat and sat down next to my buddy Matt. And I was like, dude, I don't even know what just happened. (laughs) (laughs) And so from sharing that with him, next thing I know, I'm making my first trip out to New York and most people are like, would love to have just five minutes with Gary and that's essentially what I got you know we went out there and spent a day and just kind of was in the belly of the beast at VaynerMedia and it was eye-opening it was awesome and I got to be best friends with Gary Vaynerchuk for like five minutes and it was glorious and had I not shared any of that with him none of that would have happened. So I think the sharing part of it, that's that's what, when you asked me that question, I was like, that's the first thing that came to mind. I was like, had I not, I'd never thought of it that way though. Mm-hmm. As me sharing it, that's what led to that. But yeah, sharing is caring. 
a close connection that neither Jared nor I highlighted during our conversation was that the interaction between Jared and Gary was also enabled by Gary's sharing, by the work that he had done to help people just like Jared, to, as Jared said, give them permission to do the work that they wanted to do. And that connects to the story of the Dead Man's Forest in that it goes both ways. The sharing comes from us and the sharing returns to us. But yeah, sharing is caring. Is that the Care Bear motto? Maybe. I don't know if I've ever actually watched an episode of Care Bears. It's been a while for me. Along those lines, what are some of the things that you feel like you share in the work that you do? Can you talk about the value of those things or what you hope people get out of it? A lot of what I do is recreating sporting moments using Lego stop animation. And for anybody that's ever tried to do stop animation, they'll know that it's like painstakingly time-consuming. And sometimes you want to pull your hair out, but really what it is is problem-solving. Like, just figuring out how you want to to retell that story. And so by sharing those, all of a sudden, like, so much attention came my way, and now, you know, people want attention because that's kind of the game, is you can't really tell your story until you have people's attention. And so getting that attention... I don't know. I I guess I haven't really told my story. It's more telling other people's stories through a different medium, like recreating that in Lego. It it also kind of plays on people's ego, you know, where they're like, oh, somebody made this about me in Lego. And that's always a good hack to get people's attention is to play to their ego. Anytime somebody wants me to do something for them, I always get that. Oh, I really like what you do. And they, and they go into how much they love what I do. And then they sometimes come in with an ask and sometimes it's just like they really just want to tell me that it was cool and it made their day and and reliving that is and then they share that with me which is always super cool but um, I guess I've become more guarded over the years now just because of what we talked about before with the givers and takers where it's like are you setting me up here are you leading me for an ask or what's going on here which I mean, a lot of times you do have to ask for things or you're not going to be given them, but some people take that as that's how they're going to get something from you is they're just going to come in and ask. And it's like, you you didn't provide any kind of value for me. So like, I'm all about providing value for people, but also I have to be somewhat guarded in my time and, and what I do. But like, and when you asked me to come do this podcast, I was like, absolutely, because we know each other from a place that we, when we met at that convert kit thing, and like, I liked your vibe, and you weren't, you weren't like, assuming, like, hey, come do my podcast, you were just like, hey, I'd love to tell your story, and I'm like, yeah, I don't tell my story on a podcast very often, I'll, I'm totally down, so that's providing value for me, you know what I mean? So, through that, you grow these relationships through sharing so yeah sharing is kind of the theme of this podcast i guess i guess so that's cool that was an interesting answer because what i expected you to talk about was the people who 
view your videos and get some kind of joy out of them. But really it was, it seems like maybe you think of your customers as being the people who you make the videos for. I guess that makes sense since they're the ones who pay you. Do you ever think about that three-way relationship between you and the people who are producing the videos and the people who are consuming the videos? Not really. I, I kind of... I have kind of a weird view on who my customer is because doing freelance stuff, you never know who's going to want to pay you. Like, there's people that want to pay me to make videos for them that I have no interest in making, you know? So, like, I am at the point now where I can be selective with who I choose because, I, I mean, I have to focus on a brand as well that I'm building. We're all kind of our own personal brand, but really what that is is just your reputation. So doing things that you say you're going to do is a good way to have a good reputation. and But also, I don't really look at the people who watch my videos as customers. I don't, I, I know that a lot of people, that's who they monetize are the people that pay attention to them. But I'm not really looking to monetize anybody. Like, I don't sell merchandise. And maybe I'm missing out on potential revenue, but I, I don't necessarily want that to be what my legacy is that I made a bunch of money off of people that consumed my content. So maybe I have a kind of a backwards way of looking at it, but, and maybe I won't be as successful because I didn't do that. But in my mind, the success is having people's attention. And then the companies that pay me to make, to recreate things, give me a lot of creative freedom, which I love. And, and so we kind of have that trust where they know that I'm going to make something cool and it's going to get them a ton of attention. I, and I'm sure they have expectations where they're like, we didn't get as much attention as we wanted or we got way more attention than what we were planning on. With the internet, it's kind of a crapshoot. You never know what's going to come. But yeah, I, I kind of look at it that way as that the way that I make money is by companies paying me to, to use my art to tell their story. And I don't know that I would ever go get to the point where I want to monetize the people who follow what I do. I guess if it got to the point where they were like, hey, we want you to make something, because I guess that's kind of a way that they can support creators. But I just don't know that I, I something about it just feels kind of swarthy. Yeah. Is that, a, is that a good word? I don't know if that's the right word, but it just kind of feels greasy. A little slimy. Yeah. yeah. I think swarthy means something to do with a complexion. Maybe. Like a dark complexion, like a sailor. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to ask a different question. So first I'll say, is there any last things that you want to say about Gold Yeller specifically and the work that you do? That's pretty much it. I play with Lego for a living as a grown man. I never thought that that job existed. <laughs> I never told people that that's what I wanted to do when I grew up. I didn't really play with Lego growing up, but now I've turned into kind of a Lego snob. Like, if it's if it's not Lego, I usually don't play with it anymore. But it's weird that I'm even playing with toys still as a 40-year-old man. That's not weird. I, I mean, I'm not weirded out by it. I think it's cool. There's adult fans of Lego out there, and there's tons of them. And it's cool to be nerdy. How much of how you think of yourself in your life is the work that you do and how much is other stuff so first and f 
foremost, I am a father of three children, and I have a beautiful wife who supports my crazy ideas and the fact that her husband plays with toys and takes up our entire home and makes it messy with Lego that she's always having to help me clean up after myself. And that's, if anything, that's all I really want to do in life. So that was part of when I told Gary how much I appreciated him. That was what I said. I was like, this has allowed me to spend more time with my family, which that's, I mean, that's in essence who I am. And and the Lego part of it is cool. And that's something that now we kind of have that we can play together as a family so that but yeah, that's that's my main focus is to raise these three kids that I have so that they are good people and they make a difference in the world. And if that's the only thing that I ever accomplish, then, then I'm happy, even if we end up being homeless one day as, as an artist. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great lead into the next question. Like if you had one thing you could share that you've learned about being a husband and one thing that you've learned about being a father, what would those be? I don't know whoever said this, but it was a great piece of advice and it's give more than you take. That applies to everything in life. But if you want a happy marriage and you want a happy home, giving is the way to do it. And typically, and that's something that I try to instill in my kids when they're not sharing or like you feel so much better when you share things. Even if you're worried about that thing getting broken or never coming back to you. That was one thing when I lived in South America for a little while and I told this guy that I liked his shirt and it's it just said Uruguay on it, but it was like a military given shirt. So you had to get it through the military and I was like, "How can I get one of those shirts?" And he was like, "You can't." And I was like, oh, I really like that shirt. So he takes it off and he gives it to me. And I'll never forget that. Like this guy who I'm sure was just dirt poor, probably had five or six shirts that he owned in his whole closet, just gives me his shirt. And I was like, I can't take that. And he would he would not let me refuse it. He was like, you like this, I'm going to give it to you. That was something that as a younger person was really profound to me is how a lot of people that don't have a lot are the ones that give the most. But giving in any capacity, if you're giving more than you're taking, that's kind of the mantra I try to live by. And and even in, in my videos that I produce, I don't always get paid to make these videos. And I had this conversation with my dad. He's like, you have to get paid every video you make. And I'm like, that's not how the internet works. That's, that's <laughs> not, you need, I need attention. So I need to stay relevant. But on top of that, I need to give. And so if it's something that I want to create, those are the kind of videos that I make and I just put out there. And those are usually my highest performing videos that get me way more attention and get me more higher paying jobs is through the stuff that I put out there for free. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's hard, it's hard to wrap even my own head around it. But looking back at it and being reflective on it, that's... I mean, that's how you, you've got to give more than you can take. And so that's probably, if anything, if that's the only thing you learn from this podcast and you've made it this far and we haven't put you to sleep, you kind of do have a Bob Ross voice. 
it's almost like listening to NPR. Like I could fall asleep listening to this podcast. I, I hear that somewhat frequently. You do? <laughs> yeah. I think it's awesome. It's maybe my best uh, prerequisite for doing a, <laughs> choosing to do a podcast. Um, I think what you said there about giving more than you take helps contextualize for me what you talked about earlier in being very careful about who you do choose to give your time with and work with because I can see that one of the downstream effects of being a giver is being very susceptible to being taken advantage of by takers. And so I can definitely see where that comes from too. It makes sense. Not to diminish the importance of giving anyway, I think, whenever you can, whenever it doesn't hurt you to do so. Yeah, thanks for sharing. I wonder if that guy from from South America will ever listen to this podcast and remember that he gave his shirt to some Canadian guy. <laughs> Probably not. It's. It, I mean, if he is, if he if he speaks English now, and uh, yeah, he'll probably never listen to this. But yeah, that was just like that's something that I'll never forget. That he just like took his shirt off, and this was like in the street. Like I didn't know this guy at all. I just told him that I liked his shirt, and and uh, it actually happened twice. But one time, the guy switched shirts with me. He was like, "I want that shirt" because I was wearing a Canadian shirt. And he's like, "That's a sh- that's an awesome shirt." He's like, "We need to trade," and he was wearing like this tiny little tank top thing, and I was like super pasty white and just like not ready to put on a tank top. I'm just wearing a t-shirt and he's like, we're switching, we're switching. And and I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll switch. And I remember that was a, that was different. That he was, that guy was more of a taker, but, <laughs> but, but he was also giving. So, um, but the guy that gave with no expectation return, that's that's one thing, and I, I try to surround myself with people like that. You're, you're right; I am guarded with that because I have. There's been a lot of times that people have taken advantage of me, or they even have expectations that I'm like, I don't know why you expect that from me. Like, I don't I don't know why you thought that. Especially when this first took off for me, even like old friends that I thought were day one friends forever, kind of got weird, you know. And and I was like, well, I haven't changed. Do you just perceive that I've changed? And that's why you are being like passive aggressive online towards me. Like I thought you were one of my friends that happened with a couple people, but I, I, I try, I mean, sometimes you just have to cut those people out of your life as, as hard as that sounds, especially if it's like somebody who's really close to you. Like some, sometimes you have to cut those people out and trans around yourself with people that are more like-minded and that are going to elevate you. And that's another thing about my wife that is amazing is she's one of those types of people that is also a giver and she's given me so much more than, than I deserve, I'm sure. And so it's just like, it's kind of crazy to, that I lucked out that much and, and we've made it 15 years of marriage, which is, I guess, a milestone in today's day. Yeah. But I, I don't remember what we were talking about. I kind of got off on a tangent there. Oh, I, I think that the thread of conversation had mostly run its course. I don't know if I have any more last questions for you. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to put out there? The mountains are cool. I like looking at the mountains. Um, I don't know. Just be a good person. If we can... 
we can steal from Gary Vaynerchuk, doing the right thing is always the right thing. Sometimes you kind of have to think of why you're doing things, and if it feels right, you should do it. A lot of times we second guess, myself included, like, should I even put this out there? Is this good enough? Now it's to the point, though, if I make something, I'm putting it out. Because one of the first things that I ever put out was awful. And somebody shared it who had influence and encouraged me to keep making more. And had they not reached out and said that, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. I'd be doing something else. So it's you can make a difference in people's lives just by being kind and by giving. So I guess if, if that's what you want to end it on, that's probably a good one. But kindness and giving is probably the way to go. Even if you get taken advantage of, it works itself out. Karma will uh, sort it out eventually. Well, great. Thanks for your time. I think we'll end it there and say have a good week until I see you again. See you later. It was really enjoyable to have a conversation with as unique a guy as Jared. So, again, thanks to him. And thanks to you for listening. You know the usual drill. If you have any thoughts or questions, you can reach out to me on deadmansforest.org. And if not, I will talk to you next week. And oh, one last thought from Jared. I don't know. I, is this like my time to to shoot my shot and tell everybody to follow me? Oh yeah, if you want to do that. Oh that yeah, if if people want to follow me, they they'll follow me. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm not the kind of guy that's like like and subscribe and share this with your friends. I I'm like if you if it's good enough, then people are gonna find it. Cool. Yeah, I'll definitely put links to your stuff in the description of the episode so that people who are curious can satisfy their curiosity.